Welcome to Unlocked and Unrestricted, the podcast that is all about reigniting your sexuality, getting you closer and closer to your sexual liberation. In today's episode, I am talking to the phenomenal Drew Wiley, sexual self-acceptance and self love advocate we get intimate on how to explore your sexuality a behind the scenes look at only fans dive deep into divine masculinity and share some deeply personal parts of ourselves and our journeys this is going to be an epic epic episode get ready for the ride Before we begin, I want to let you know that there is a trigger warning as we mention and make references to sexual trauma. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode. So, Drew, thank you so much for joining me on Unlocked and Unrestricted. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Rosa. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And I would love if you could take a moment and just introduce yourself. Um, Yeah, so my name's Drew. I am all about sexual empowerment and spiritual elevation. So I do a lot of work online, on social media, talking about masculinity, sexuality, healing and self-love. I love that. And, And how would you describe your sexuality? Um, so my pronouns are he, him, and my sexuality, I'm bisexual. I love that. And I know you talk a lot about being a man and being, but like identifying as male and being bisexual. And I'd love to know what bisexuality means to you. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I've come on basically. So like all uh, the work that I do is kind of like, document in my own healing journey Mm. and a lot of that has to do with my own sexuality and my own perception of my sexuality and I think through the the various sort of things that I've done owning my bisexuality has really come come down to me sort of like learning how to love myself and accept the Mm. feminine and the masculine sides that we all have within us And I think that a lot of people don't realize that everyone has feminine and masculine sides. And I feel that sort of, I kind of was forced to acknowledge that through my own attraction towards um, basically men and women. And I think I would say to, on a deeper level with someone, I would say that I my sexuality is fluid because I mm. don't really look towards someone's genitals or how they identify as being a block to whether I could love them or not. But I think the term bisexual is one that I use to kind of like take it back because it, there's a lot of erasure when it comes to bisexuality and mm. particularly with bisexual men, a lot of people don't even believe that bisexual men is a thing they just think oh well he's obviously just gay um so yeah I think I've I've kind of fallen into sort of saying that I'm bisexual because I think it's important to 
own that label and then obviously if you want to talk more about it i think my sexuality is fluid but i also think everyone's sexuality is fluid it just depends on their comfort level how willing they are to sort of explore that yeah i really i really love that that idea of how sexuality is fluid and it's not even fixed across uh, a lifetime and i like how you describe bisexuality for you and i'm really curious about your your journey with bisexuality and and how you kind of what what and and particularly from that that more like male identifying perspective and how because you mentioned people almost think that you're that they're like oh he's not bisexual he's just gay and I'm curious about your journey into adopting that that as as part of your identity and how you've how you found that yeah I mean I think personally like for my own journey there's been a lot of sort of resentment and a lot Mm. of kind of feelings whereby I felt not really accepting of myself so growing up I always looked for acceptance from other people and I had I had a lot of people sort of questioning my sexuality from an early age sort of calling me gay like asking if I was gay so I've always kind of had that in the back of my head even before I even had any sort of sexual feelings before I liked before before I was even going through puberty that was in the back of my mind so I think that definitely sort of planted a seed in my head that I was different and it basically led me to explore my sexuality at a young age with a guy that was Mm. a lot older than me so mm-hmm. that experience is actually something that I now class as um, like sexual, a sexual trauma. Yeah. Um, but after that happened, I then went through stages of being really resentful towards men and thinking that, yeah. you know, I'm not gay. I'm not bi. Like, I just don't like men, like, because I was, I was really hurt by this experience. And then it wasn't until mm-hmm. I got a bit older that I then sort of like, really try to fit into heteronormative society like Mm. making my voice deeper like trying to like police my mannerisms and really just kind of go under the radar and I think that although that didn't necessarily work it basically I, I basically just didn't really like open up about my sexuality after that and then in my very like very 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 early 20s I was dating a girl and that kind of became quite toxic and abusive and a lot Mm. of that was to do with it's kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand it really helped me actually acknowledge the fact that what I'd gone through was rape and Mm. I was basically it helped me on that healing journey but also I was still in a space where I wasn't really honoring my sexuality still hiding my mannerisms and not really kind of fully accepting myself and after after that breakdown of the relationship sort of happened I ended up spending a lot of time with myself and got into meditation and Mm. slowly but surely kind of started my spiritual awakening Mm. and then yeah from then it's just been a case of exploring um and I went on a documentary series on the BBC called Porn Laid Bear and that was like the first time that I 
actually came out and said that I was bisexual, that mm. I was sexually fluid. And that was something that I didn't even, I was even scared to do because I was just yeah. like worried of like what people would say, but it happened organically. And I was proud at the time to sort of say, Oh, I'm bisexual. And then I think from that, from that moment, I just started sort of owning my sexuality and really mm. using that what I used to view as a weakness as a massive strength and really just get into a place where I was like at the end of the day if I if I met a woman and she didn't like the fact that I was bisexual then I wouldn't want to be with that woman so like taking back gradually taking back more and more power and really just get into a place where I'm loving myself and mm. learning that the only acceptance I need is from myself to be who I am and to feel validated yeah that's so powerful. And I think it really highlights to me the importance of the work that you're doing as well to normalize and help others understand and explore more of their sexuality. Because particularly when we're younger, it can be really confusing when we have these feelings about men and women and who we are as sexual beings. And I know like I know from my own experience as well how cruel young young children can be and particularly when we don't necessarily fit into the norm and how these experiences and and these traumatic experiences can can happen I've I've moved uh, or been working with my own experiences of of trauma um which I also can almost attribute to not being able to understand my own sexuality my own kind of needs my wants desires and almost putting myself into situation like a situation in my case where it was it was a little I guess toxic dangerous and yeah. how if I had known more or had a community or space where we could talk more openly about sexuality like absolutely I think what we're both trying to kind of create in this world then that would have been so healing and so helpful. And I think through the, that sort of journey, um, yeah, you can, you can really begin to heal and explore that. I like what you're saying around taking, taking like the power back, taking ownership of, of that sexuality. And actually that really resonates because the more, I have owned my sexuality and the more um, I have felt empowered by myself, like the stronger I feel, the more energy I have and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think that this is a really powerful journey to go on. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is a very interesting time, like 2021, because mm. I think the conversation has been largely about people that are queer or people that mm. are like, trans kind of taking back the power but when you actually think of sexuality everyone does still have sexuality like everyone's yeah. got a sexuality I believe that like your sexuality is the source of your own power it's like mm. a creative force that everyone has within them and as much as like because because when you were speaking I was just thinking well like what have I learned like what is at the essence of what I've yeah. learned and it's really just to like fall in love with yourself and I think yeah. there are so many people in this world right now a lot of them being you know like straight men for example that don't actually realize that they have a sexuality and they're mm. just buying into this whole thing of like oh 
sleeping with women feels good so I'm gonna sleep with as many women as possible yeah like obviously that's very toxic within itself but I think it just highlights the fact that we I think a lot of people disassociate and like stop relating mm. as soon as you come out and say oh this is my sexuality and then like oh well I'm not that sexuality so I don't know what you're talking about but it's yeah. like everyone has their own sexuality that isn't really being utilized or acknowledged as being the source of people's power and I think it's really good that we're having this conversation because I want more of these conversations to be had and more people to realize that basically everyone needs to be in love with themselves and go on that journey and I think so many people stop themselves because they fit in to that they're just fitting into boxes and it's Mm -hmm. easier to do that instead of kind of like breaking out yeah and and do you have any I guess top tips or advice for anyone wanting to explore their their sexuality and I'm I'm thinking particularly from maybe more of a male identifying perspective is as well and how to because you're right we have this culture of quite toxic masculinity and I feel that that can be quite hard to break out from um yeah yeah I mean you know I think like where I've sort of done sex work and met a real different amount of people from all different like expressions of gender expressions of sexuality I've realized that there is so much out there like I've spoke to a lot of women recently that are really into guys that wear lingerie or women that you know really um get off when they see two guys getting off and Mm. to me that's crazy because you know growing up I was like oh no girls want to gonna want to date me if they know that I like guys but not knowing and realizing that actually some women love that so I think that like exploring your sexuality can be done with like various different people as long as you feel comfortable and I think really for men specifically it's just about giving yourself permission to express yourself and unlearning the fact that you don't have to be masculine all of the time and you don't have to shut yourself off from um the feminine sides of yourself in order to feel more powerful I think there's so Mm. much power within femininity and I don't know I to be honest I think like spending time on your own and meditating and journaling and really just figuring out what your sort of traumas are and where and why you think certain things like I think a lot of people carry around opinions that maybe past Mm. past partners have told them or Mm -hmm. they've not been allowed to express a certain side to themselves with their past partner so they carry around this shame regarding a certain kink or an interest someone has but know that you know that kink or interest or that side that you want to express can be 100% expressed by yourself and also there's someone out there that's gonna allow and facilitate that so I guess it's just being it's about being like open and really trying to heal before Mm -hmm. finding someone that's gonna yeah that you could potentially be yeah I I think healing I think healing healing is so important I I really love what you're saying around um how we can carry with us those like opinions of others as well we are we we may not be aware of it um but we are all 
being we, we almost have this I, there's a really nice metaphor which um Emily Nagowski uses in her book Come As You Are and it's that we all have these gardens and we don't get to choose what gets planted in these these kind of our gardens of sexuality until uh -huh. we grow up and some people might plant these most beautiful like exotic um trees and others might plant like weeds and so we're almost collecting all of these different elements and we and like our partners or the partners that we're with can plant different seeds uh-huh and actually that healing that you talk about that's like going into the garden and choosing well what do we want to keep and what do we want to yeah. get rid of? What do we want to like uproot, take out, throw away? Uh -huh. What new seeds do we want to plant? What do we want to cultivate? Yeah. And I think that that journey of, of healing and almost unpacking what is true to us and what is potentially the opinions of our society, our family, past lovers and things like that is so, so important. And I'm curious, I know you've mentioned meditation um, as a part of your healing journey. Have you found that there's been anything else that has been really supportive to you? I think the two things that have been supportive of me and I've noticed the biggest changes in regards to me owning my mm. sexuality is meditation, specifically Kundalini meditation, which looks at bringing the life force energy from like your root chakra up through your chakras to your mm. higher. There's a beautiful, um, I think the story of Kundalini meditation is I really I'm really scared that I'm going to get these details wrong. <laughs> Basically, it originates in India and it's um the divine feminine god um and the divine masculine god and it's Shiva and someone else again. I'm really Shakti? sorry. Sorry. Would it be Shakti, Shiva and Shakti? Are they are they lovers? Yes. Yeah, Shiva and Shakti yeah, 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 yeah. and it's like the the feminine basically i can't remember whether it's shiva coming up is is shiva the female shiva's the male shiva's the male yes you're right and shakti's a female so i think the shakti is the the shakti energy comes from your root chakra up yeah. and then joins her lover shiva in your um pituitary gland and it's like mm. united and it becomes one and that's like the story behind um the kundalini and the kundalini yeah. is the snake um that mm. is basically made up of all your chakras um so yeah the meditation itself is about moving with that energy and i found that to be really really helpful because it really yeah. like just refocused um sexual energy like mm. before doing this i would a lot of the times um, masturbate in the mornings obviously there's nothing wrong with masturbating in the mornings like <laughs> you know, yeah. we all we all we've all been there we all do it but mm. I think sometimes you do it because you just want to feel something or you're just mm. really doing it absent-mindedly and you're actually like depleting your energy but I found like this meditation to be like just re just really life-changing and just seeing your sexuality as um like a powerful force that is actually real with inside yeah. you and you can do things with it like you can manifest with this energy you mm. can like use it to fuel your creativity so yeah I mean that's the amazing thing and then the other thing which is specific to me I mean it could 
relate to some people out there but basically starting to do um sex work yeah so at the start of the last lockdown I was just bored and kind of thought why not I'd kind of considered making an OnlyFans um mm. before so I made like this OnlyFans um account and I basically just started to basically just take nudes of myself and post them on the internet and like the response I was getting was just really crazy to me because because of my past trauma where I and my I think where I hadn't healed from my trauma I always assumed like a very submissive role with men and that was something Mm. that really got me off don't get me wrong it still does get me off and I'm like a verse switch like in those situations but um yeah to to like sort of like I guess create this persona online where I like promote my only fans and then seeing the reaction that I was getting from people like calling me daddy or like being mm. like wanting me to be dom and then like so many women coming out being like oh my god you're so sexy and like women starting to like which I hadn't had for like a year or so because I really shut myself yeah. off from women because of a past experience with a girlfriend and a relationship that didn't work out so I suddenly just started to feel like oh my god like everyone's now finding me attractive and really seeing others like own their authenticity like seeing trans guys doing their thing seeing like trans women doing their thing like seeing like bigger Mm. people like showing off their bodies and I don't know it was just a real like almost like an awakening for me where I just realized that I'm fucking so like bisexual it's a joke like I'm finding everyone attractive but also like it's just beautiful to sort of like be yourself and others will like just being exposed to so many people sort of like warming to you when in the past you would like maybe think oh women don't find me attractive because I'm like too feminine um So, yeah, that just completely changed my perspective. And since then, I've just been kind of like obviously going on a journey with it. It's not all been like roses and amazing. But yeah, yeah, I think those are the two biggest things in like recent Mm. years that have really switched my perspective. I think that's amazing. So the the healing through the that that kind of kundalini energy activation. And I I love, I love, I mean, I'm a big fan of feeling erotic energy and sexual energy like moving through my body and yeah. using the chakras as like a base to kind of bring it up and like play it like so if, I feel energy is such like a playful. Um, like a playful experience the second thing that I just wanted to touch on is how awesome it is to experience that healing through sex work because I think there's a lot of like misconceptions around what sex work is and 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 I know that people can have negative opinions and I just I I think it's awesome. I think it can be so empowering. And so it's really awesome to hear how you found that healing of people. Does it, I mean, does it feel like it's almost like a sexual acceptance from others? I'm really curious. Yeah, I think, I think definitely it's definitely started like that. Like I actually wasn't even, I I sort of was just, playing around on Mm. like not safe for work twitter like i actually started my account trying to be like a sort of like 
dom alpha like and do like financial domination which was so funny because it's just the complete opposite of what i'm like <laughs> and i was just like putting on this whole front to try and get people to send money and i think also i realized how many people are very lost and very like mm. alone with their own sexualities and I mean, you know, just to sort of say like these people online and again, I'm I'm definitely not kink shaming or saying that, you know, if people enjoy like slurs and stuff like that's up to them. But there's a lot of people that like, you know, want to be called degrading sort of slurs. Yeah. And I do mm. question the kind of psychology of that and just thinking, where does that come from? Like, potentially, is it trauma? Like, are you do you actually enjoy like fulfilling this role mm. and you know there's and there's so many crazy things like being like a human toilet and yeah again not kink shaming at all like you do you like if you're into that you're into that but it just sort of exposed me to that world and I think from yeah. then I just kind of started to sort of like tap into like my own sexual energy and how I yeah. can exude that online and what sort of like reception that gets and also just like, I guess going through the motions of it because it is like a very tiring thing. It is a lot of work and it's also not like a guaranteed kind of like, like, I don't know. I have a, I, lo I, I love like sex work and I love sex workers. I think sex workers are literally business people, like the things yeah. that they do. Yeah. in order to get their money it's like commendable and amazing um but yeah it's definitely not something that's like an overnight fix for money and it's definitely not like an easy kind of I mean it can be and for some others it's great but personally I found it to be a bit of like an up and down sort of thing where you know because because you are selling your own sexuality and in whatever capacity you feel comfortable with doing if you're not feeling 100%, if you really just don't want to do that, like, then mm. you're going to lose money and you're not going to, your, your money is dependent on how you're kind of feeling about yourself and how you're presenting yourself, which can be quite draining. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine, like, if you're just not feeling it, it's like, okay, well, then that's that's that income that you potentially don't get for that for that day for that time yeah um and also and I, like yeah sorry sorry so sorry to butt in but like it's that's literally when when we were speaking earlier about the numbers about waking up and seeing numbers raise and go down like I definitely got that with like OnlyFans like I do like all my promotions and stuff at night and then I'd wake up in the morning and you know if I gained like five subscribers I'd be happy or if I lost yeah. five subscribers I'd be sad and it's like I don't want to live my life like that I don't want to be constantly at the mercy of these digital numbers which are literally telling me what I'm worth when I know I'm worth so much more than that yeah and you do any top tips for anyone because I know like for things like I, I know a lot of people on OnlyFans I love it um do you yeah That's cool. <laughs> I have quite a few friends on there um I'm always I always see their stuff on Instagram and it just it makes me feel empowered it makes That's me really feel good. like more connected to my sexuality That's really because I'm cool. like yeah look at them looking so fierce and so hot and like shaking their stuff and just, <laughs> I love like, that I love it. I love it. Um, but I know that chasing, like chasing those numbers um, and how 
when you're putting yourself like it's quite vulnerable so putting yourself like vulnerably or some may find it vulnerable some might not actually um but how yeah feeling that that can sometimes equate to self-worth do you have any tips for how people can almost disassociate that that from from those numbers being self-worth I'm also thinking from like social media perspectives I think we can get quite wrapped up in yeah. the likes the comments the things like that mm -hmm. too I think like the, the the first piece of advice I will always give is make so much money that you don't care about what other people think love that because I think like people are like oh well what, what if my mum's cousin's friend says <laughs> me online and I'm like well who cares like I think you've got to have that attitude of like I'm going for it like I'm gonna be at the top and I don't know you know like I've I also think that it's a lot of it is linked to almost like the law of attraction and like how yeah. you sort of like view yourself and how you think like just knowing that like things are coming to you I think as long as you're making money don't pay attention to the numbers like don't worry yeah. if like you lose clients or you gain clients like you lose fans or you gain fans like numbers are always going to fluctuate and you need to just think of yourself as a business yeah. and prioritizing your mental health but also utilizing what you have and what you can have looking at what other people are doing and just finding your niche and being successful within your own sort of like corner because yeah. you know we are spoiled for choice these days like we've got obviously instagram like mm. twitter like reddit um tiktok mm. like there's so many different ways that you can be a successful sex worker and you don't have to what works for someone else won't work doesn't always work for you mm. and what works for mm. you won't always work for other people so I don't know. I think you've just got to be prepared to sort of like try different things, be open-minded yeah. and also just like, don't, don't do things that you don't feel comfortable with doing. And also just like, don't, mm. don't feel like you have to put yourself in situations that you don't want to put yourself in. Like I never wanted to just, you know, make myself masturbate every day to like, make a video so like yeah, now yeah, if yeah. i feel like horny i'll be like oh cool i'll make a video now because i'm horny but i don't i don't like force myself to do things that i don't want to do i think that's such sound like wisdom is know know what you want and what you don't want like know your boundaries i think boundaries are the most powerful thing 100%. that we can ever get to know and for for anyone who's like i don't know what a boundary is let alone how to find one um boundaries are really those things that you you might not even like mentally be like hey that's actually not something but your body might be like oh okay you think of something you notice you start to like tense up mm -hmm. you notice that you start to maybe feel like those uncomfortable butterflies like not the not the nice like sexy nervous ones but <laughs> kind of like oh no this doesn't sit quite right but it's really right, getting yeah. with the the body and what that is saying because that can help you really identify where those boundaries are sometimes more accurately than if we try and mentally and cerebrally um analyze where they are all, all the time and i think that 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 knowing where your boundaries is i think that is such 
such power because then you can choose really authentically like what it is like when it's like a yes 100% yes like I really want to do this I'm feeling horny I'm gonna masturbate and put it on the internet because that's like empowering um yeah. or if you're like no I don't really want to do it then then don't because I think Drew what you're saying about prioritizing mental health so important and that's what's gonna help like manifest more of that positivity and like acceptance in your life yeah I love I love what you said about listening to your body because your body Mm. knows your body Mm. is so like and I think that's a lot of you know with society and where we're at I think a lot of people just assume that the intelligence lives with inside your brain and your head but your body Mm. is a center of intelligence within itself and I think listening to like how things feel is really important and you know like the internet's not going anywhere like you're not someone doesn't have more than you because they're better than you or they're prettier than you or they're skinnier than you they just have more because they've like marketed themselves in a different way and also the people that you're looking at that are in so for anyone that doesn't know like OnlyFans operates within a percentage system so you get like notifications like oh you're in the top 20 percent of worldwide earners or you're in the top 15% or the 5% or 0.4% so that's kind of how it works but I've definitely realized like through my own experience of meeting people and interacting with others that people that are in the top like 1% doesn't mean that they're like really happy doesn't mean that they enjoy what they're doing Mm. so I think comparing yourself is a dangerous game to play anyway and I think particularly with this it's easier to look at someone that has more something seemingly more than you and be like oh they must be so great their life's amazing it's like well they could also be deeply unhappy and hate what they do yeah yeah and and I love how you talk about finding like your niche as well and what's important to you and what like what really gets gets you going and I think when you do that and like when you're really kind of aligned with what you want that's where you can bring in more more happiness and like rather than as you say like doing things because you feel you should or um if if it's in alignment with what you really enjoy and what you really want and that happiness means so much more than being potentially in that one percent and I realize for anyone who isn't aware would you be able to, to quickly describe what OnlyFans is Yeah, so OnlyFans is a platform where you can charge subscription, basically charge, sorry, OnlyFans is a platform where you can charge for subscriptions, so you can set how much price, you can set a certain price, so per month people have to pay a certain amount of money to see your content. So you can really do whatever you like on the platform. It started off as like an influencer kind of like, designed for fitness instructors and people to like promote their to basically like sell exclusive content but it's kind of been um utilized by people within the sex industry because I don't know a lot of people don't know this but like like a friend of mine they used to use um other platforms before OnlyFans and the people that owned the platforms that she was using would take like 40 or 50 percent of her earnings oh my gosh so it's kind of like a user-friendly way for people to actually take back the power within the sex industry and actually earn money Mm. OnlyFans still takes 20 percent 
um but you know it's 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 really it's really revolutionary because it started um like kind of like a sex worker revolution i guess where people are using the platform to make money some people are making a lot of money and yeah i think anywhere anything to take the power away from like porn companies and like a lot of the stuff that we see on like porn hub and mm. the people within the videos that we watch a lot of the time they've not been given enough money so i think i do actually think it's the future in many ways i think that like people are gonna pay for porn like moving yeah. forward which i think is a good thing but you know, I'm not saying the platform itself is, you know, amazing. Like there's still issues that arise from it. Yeah, but I think yeah. it definitely brings power to like the creator as opposed to giving power to the CD director that's profiting off the people that he works with. Yeah, that's so funny. I actually never knew it was originally for like almost like these influencers and fitness. I've only yeah. ever known it for... um like sex sex work and selling um selling subscriptions for for um well yeah for erotic material which is it's really cool to hear its origins <laughs> I love that it's yeah. so empowering and I really like how you're saying that that like yeah like a sex work revolution and really giving the power back to back to the individual rather than um to those big companies and i'm a huge huge believer in paying for your porn um yeah i'm just just do it <laughs> yeah um, it's it's better it's better for everyone <laughs> yeah definitely and you know like the porn industry and the sex industry is so big like it's worth so many like millions of billions of yeah. pounds and i think like really prior to like this whole sort of like revolution and this whole like online sex worker thing like I think a lot of people didn't actually realize how much money is in the industry and I think it was mm. a lot easier for them to like hire actors and then pay them like a thousand pounds and then go on to sell the videos and make like you know tens of thousands of pounds yeah. so I do yeah I agree I think pay for the pay for your porn and yeah I think I th I think it is a good thing. I do too. I really do. And and I have a little intimate question for you. But do Ooh. your do your parents know? What do they think? Um, yeah. So my dad found out. Um, and it was really interesting because we just had to have like some really kind of like long conversations yeah. about how you can't tell someone else to feel empowered. And I think that's yeah. the hardest thing. It's like kind of articulating with someone particularly you know if they're of a different generation and if they view mm. the sex industry as you know bad um yeah. giving them telling them that you can't tell someone how to feel empowered and if I want to do this with my body then you know it's up to me and we we also had to have conversations about um me growing up as a like queer person and not feeling like my parents were like supportive of me it was such a funny conversation I literally had like a clay Himalayan mask on and then my dad walked in and was like I know what you're doing it's prostitution yeah um so yeah it was yeah. It, was, it was a lot but yeah. I think 
yeah I think I think what like older people don't realize like my parents generation you know they're like in their mid 50s it's like young people have literally grown up like it being exposed to sex from the age of like 13 Mm. 12 even I mean nowadays I'm sure it's even younger but like I started watching porn or being exposed to porn on the internet when I was like 13 yeah I think that like the the way that we view sex we view sex as like an empowering thing particularly you know particularly if you're queer particularly if you're Mm. clued up and you've like educated yourself on sexuality um but just generally I think young people view it completely different to older people who've been taught to hide their sexuality or not speak about it or view sex workers as bad or view sex as like disgusting and Mm. I think that really does play a role in the generation gap of attitudes towards sex yeah yeah I think that's so interesting around that generational point and how how I I I really do feel like we are almost in like a sexual revolution where Mm. the shame around sex and sexuality and the black and white nature of it that I seem to find that my parents grew up in as well or the kind of like a a lot of our parents like will have grown up around um yeah didn't really lend like queer wasn't a thing like being transgendered wasn't wasn't a thing bisexuality gay like it was illegal even to be gay in in a lot of like my when my when my parents in particular were growing up so sex and sexuality although I've, I've always felt very lucky that my parents have been very inclusive, but sex and sexuality wasn't something that we talked about and talking about what it means to be empowered sexually and, and sexual pleasure, I think is something that is so lacking in, in for, for so many of us when we are growing up um, mm-hmm. and whether it's like, we don't get taught these things like in school, we don't get taught these things by our parents. So how do we learn about them? Typically, a lot of us learn about it through porn. So how great right. that there are so many, like like with OnlyFans that you have so many empowered people who are exploring their sexuality and kind of sharing it in, in that way. Like I think, yeah, I think, I feel, I really get the feeling that opinions are changing and that there is this almost like revolution. And I'm really hoping that kind of our parents generation will open to it as as well and that that yeah. like the work that that we're both doing will kind of open up those conversations around what does it mean to be empowered sexually mm. yeah because I mean I think also it is definitely like a power tool like like you mm. know focusing on for example like female pleasure I think a lot of like our parents generation for example wouldn't have had those conversations or it would just be normalized that and also culturally normalized Mm. that, you know, our women don't always come during sex or, um, which is obviously very misogynistic. And I think all of that kind of like feeds into sexuality. So the fact that we're now having these conversations and actively trying to unlearn what we've been taught and educate others is amazing. I do think that we, we need to have a new approach towards like sex education. And I don't, think like education can 
I mean, it, it has come from porn. That is the way that we've all learned about sex. But I think that there needs to be more of an effort for it to be taught in schools properly. Yeah. And really, I think the people having kids now are probably feeling more empowered and probably going to teach their kids a lot better than perhaps we got taught growing yeah. up. Um, yeah. And it's also really hard because a lot of the work that I do is on Instagram with a platform called Come Curious and yeah. being like a like a sex education sort of platform now with Instagram is really hard because they've changed the censorship rules mm-hmm. and they can actually delete posts even if their purpose is educational. So having to write write sex as S3X can be like very intimidating well not intimidating it can be very i'm trying to think of a really good adjective but i can't (laughs) it can be really frustrating and annoying that we're writing s3x like it's the 1950s and these like disgusting capitalist pigs like mark zuckerberg sort of vibes are controlling the narrative on policing Mm. people's bodies and basically like having free reign to delete accounts and like ruin people's like livelihoods because they don't deem it acceptable and I saw this meme and I fucking love this meme and it's like it's Mark Zuckerberg being like because he created Facebook because he wanted to like rate people like rate women so it's like he created the social networking site to like rate and like show different girls basically that go to um, your college so you can like look through them. So it was like, I can't remember the exact wording of this meme, but it was like when you make a platform to like um, sexualize women and then the women become sexualized and empowerment and start making money and then you have to like shut them down. <laughs> I don't know. It was a really, it was really funny and so true. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I love, I love that. That is, that is the patriarchy in action. Definitely, <laughs> literally. literally. <laughs> um, I, I think that's so. I know that you talk, um, talk a lot around, um, toxic masculinity and things like that as well. And I'd be really curious how you define toxic, how you would sort of describe toxic masculinity and what that means to you. I try, I I actively try to not sort of say um, toxic masculinity. Like it's a really, it's obviously a real thing. And I think toxic masculinity is for me, like when people are kind of like using their masculinity, basically basing their masculinity off off the falsehood that femininity is weak. And Mm. when you're kind of, confidence is based on your own ego and putting other people down and you think that makes you more masculine I just see you know these these people to be like lost and not actually in touch with their true power so I guess subtly the work that I do is really to kind of get people to go more towards like the divine masculine yeah yeah I think masculinity has been re like really hijacked and used to actually like suppress men instead of empower Mm. men and I think men feeling empowered on their own by being able to express themselves freely without judgment Mm. is something that is basically what I'm trying to sort of like 
yeah. get people to like acknowledge but it's really hard because a lot of like guys particularly guys that aren't as clued up or that are like straight and just mm. a bit like we're wary of like anything that's like queer or threatens their masculinity or like mm. oh yeah but you're saying masculinity is a bad thing and it's like I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm saying the way in which we're taught to view our masculinity and like taught to suppress emotions or not like vocalize how we feel and to just like get on with it is really damaging and yeah. I think like men's mental health is like basically about like men feeling safe enough to sort mm. of express themselves and not feel that they have to like change or close themselves up I think just thinking about it I I see like toxic masculinity as this kind of like sort of like wolf pack mentality where mm. you have to sort of like stay in numbers and like sort of not express yourself too much because you don't want to be like exposed but also yeah. like assert your dominance in a way that potentially like puts others down um yeah. so yeah I mean it's a it's a lot to unpack really it's yeah. it's a lot to unpack and I think I don't know I don't even know like it's hard because it's like feeling like having attraction to men doesn't make yeah. you less of a man so I think there yeah. needs to be more like unity with mm. in masculinity and I think the conversations that we've been having about um femininity and like the feminist movement which started in the 60s yeah. I think is so far the the conversations about masculinity are so far behind the current mm. level of conversations and what we've explored as a society with like feminism and and yeah. I think we're I think men are just so far behind in like owning their power and their authenticity and there needs to be a lot done to kind of like level the playing field and actually get the conversations to where they need to be for us to kind of like all be thriving and living our best lives yeah and I love how you talk about the divine masculine and if if anyone hasn't come across that term before how how would you describe it and how by embracing this divine masculine could it help someone explore their their sexuality so like with so basically with the divine feminine and the divine masculine mm. it's about like archetypes so like with yeah. when we talk about femininity it's um associated with creativity yeah. with like nurturing and um obviously we've also got that like motherly kind of like element within femininity so with masculinity it's all about kind of being assertive being a protector being um mm. oh my god I had a really good word that I wanted to say assertive it wasn't assertive um like d a decision maker you know the divine masculine it's about being assertive being a decision maker being like a protector i've actually got this book that i haven't read yet yeah stoked i haven't read this book yet but it's called king warrior magician lover mm. and it's all about rediscovering the archetypes of the mature masculine mm. and it's like 
basically everything that I'm speaking, like basically saying that men have been shot off from their true power and yeah. not allowed to sort of like express themselves because it's been deemed that like if you do kind of express yourself then you're like weaker um mm. so i guess i guess it's up to men to really go on a journey to own their own masculinity and kind of like redefine it and i think the the first steps for that is to just step in away from ego which is yes. obviously as I'm, I'm sure you know like a very hard thing yeah. for us all to have to go through and to just like not not be reliant on the ego anymore and be reliant mm. on ourselves and go back to love so mm. it's it's really difficult yeah yeah and I think if I really like that idea as well of if you you open stepping away from ego and like opening yourself up to exploring more around what it means like almost questioning masculinity uh-huh. like questioning like what it means to be masculine and then how that could open up to exploring that your sexuality deeper and like awakening that that kind of fire even even further um and i know one thing that a lot of um, that I hear as as a as a coach um, and educator is around men and this sort of exploring prostate play, which can be Ooh. absolutely delicious and divine. Um, but I know that, and I've heard that some men are like, "Oh, well, does that does that mean I'm gay?" Um, and I'd be really curious on on your thoughts and opinions on this. I actually, I actually made a reel last night on Instagram about this, and it was love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy timing. Yeah, and it was like basically asking. It was like a who wants to be a millionaire style like question. It was like what makes a man gay, and is it's like pegging, interest in pegging, like wanna do like butt stuff, um, has sex with a man, or none of the above. Mm. And it was basically saying that it is none of the above because only you can define your sexuality. And I think what stops a lot of men from exploring prostate play is the fact that if you're receiving pleasure from that part of your body, then it basically emasculates you or means that you're like, you know, gay. And I think that whole thing about like denying yourself pleasure because it's like, gay is very very toxic because it then implies Mm. that there's something wrong with being gay and like being called gay which is obviously completely not true in any way shape or form um and I don't know it really confuses me because you know I've explored prostate play obviously with guys but also with women and I most women I've talked to about it they're like all for it or they're like down to do it and I think it's just about men kind of really feeling comfortable within themselves to actually be like oh no let's try something new like let let me explore my sexuality um so you've really got to give yourself permission for that but i mean mind-blowing orgasms unlike you've never had before like why would you say no to that Hell yes, because um, I mean the the prostate is just one of the most pleasurable parts in in like a man's body. So not exploring that means that you are potentially missing out on a huge amount of pleasure. And as you say, like these like mind blowing orgasms. And I really like 
what you're saying is like actually one of the best ways to potentially explore this part of your sexuality and and really ignite and like unrestrict yourself um is by giving yourself permission by removing these labels of what is masculine or yeah. what is feminine and just giving your permission self permission to play how have how have you found that with potential partners or breaching that conversation with people? Like, what's the kind of general consensus about prostate play, like from the people that you've spoken to? So it's it's really it's really it's really mixed. Um, I've definitely found with with even with men and women. So with men, I've found that there can be some like oh, like it's almost it's almost like a like you go back to being a small child like oh I'm not really sure about that I've never had the extreme re- any extreme reactions but it's like oh yeah I'm not sure that that's potentially something I, I'm into so it seems that there can be this block around conditioning or people are kind of curious but they don't really know where to start or how how to start and with women actually I found there is I think some of that conditioning that has come as well like oh I don't really want to touch that part of like my partner's my partner's body um even if they're interested so I and yeah and one of the things that I really want to do is just break down like to question this conditioning like is Mm -hmm. it because I'm I'm always one who is seeking like how can I give my partner the most like exquisite pleasure how can we explore and like play together and and experience this pleasure together um so for others like when I hear that I'm like well like explore play Uh like see see when you when you look at it from a pleasure perspective rather than that that is to really curiously without judgment question where these where these feelings come from and where these potential ideas come from Uh um to then and then explore that that like pleasure expansion is it because is it because of society or is it because like you don't want to do it and there could be like numerous reasons like mm-hmm. we get told a lot of stuff and um yeah and particularly within sex education I remember specifically being told that if I ever had anal sex I would have to stick a tampon up my bum so I didn't leak afterwards which is oh the most God, and that was a sex that? educator that told me that <laughs> ridiculous um oh God, that's so ridiculous I actually remembered like the mo- a very similar thing being said yeah. like and I'm just like no I know it's not a thing don't worry everyone who's listening that's not gonna happen like yeah (laughs) crazy yeah so I think being in pursuit of the exploration of pleasure um and removing and questioning your conditioning with curiosity and without judgment would really be how I would invite people to explore and play yeah and you know I think it can be daunting to like if you've already got a partner and you need to sort of tell them that you're interested in it and like you could be worried like it can be really daunting so I think for anyone listening who potentially is interested in exploring prostate play I think the best thing to do is just start exploring with yourself yeah like just you know stick a finger up there obviously like wet it or lick it or put lube on I guess would be most preferable (laughs) um but yeah, just have a go and see see how it feels. I think like that's what I started doing like before I'd had intercourse or explored with partners. So mm. I think starting there and seeing if you like in it and like yeah, is the 
it's the first place to go to be honest yeah and then you can show your partner what you like and help help teach them like it's it's I wish uh, and we also often think that we're all going to be mind readers and really attuned mm-hmm. to each other's bodies and know exactly what our our partner or partners want in in a given moment and particularly in sexual experiences yeah but, but the best thing is communication um communication mm-hmm. is lubrication talk about yes i good. love that <laughs> that's so good have that. uh-huh. <laughs> um and and that like when we communicate like we're not only connecting in intimacy in in that moment but we can also share like what's feeling good what's like uh-huh. turning us on and also direct to something that doesn't feel good and we can still stay connected in in that moment mm-hmm. and and again pursuit of pleasure like that is what i am all about <laughs> yeah i love that i think that's so important and to like be in that space where you can talk about how you feel and like vocalize and i think that's another thing that needs to be normalized you know vocalize like yeah. oh well, we're not this isn't working for me or i'm not going to come from this position or can you mm. like lick me out in a different way like whatever it is like communication we shouldn't be scared of we should embrace it and Mm. actually all start having better sex oh I love yeah yeah honestly and being able to know what we like by exploring with our with ourselves it also gives us in the moment so rather I think people are sometimes scared of saying just saying no and being like oh no I don't actually like that but what we can do is if it's someone that like we can always say no to any interaction and stop it and, uh-huh. and not carry on but uh-huh. if you just want something that you're like oh that doesn't feel quite right don't know how to say it one of the best things that that like best pieces of advice that I can give um and also something that I often work with um clients around is how in the moment to identify what it is that you don't like and then give suggestions of, mm. of what would feel good to you in that moment so it doesn't it doesn't feel like rejection to either partner and you just get to carry on being intimate yeah. being in that moment um and carrying on exploring each other's bodies and if you don't know directly in that moment you can ask for a pause like oh can we just pause like I'm really enjoying this this experience with you but I'd love to just take a minute and notice what it is that I'd like next um or oh that isn't really working for me I'd just like to take a minute and and have a explore of what might feel good to me in that moment um so yeah normalizing it as you say I think is so so important yeah that's I mean that's such good advice like I can think of multiple occasions where I've left being like oh I shouldn't have done that or oh is this bad that I didn't do this and I think it is just this whole toxic sort of ideas that we've been taught of like what roles we should fulfill in sex and how we should pleasure someone because if you don't pleasure someone in a certain way it means this about you which is all false and I think communication and really understanding ourselves and our own sexuality is the way to overcome that yeah yeah and I really want to normalize fussiness as well in in like the moment because I know I know for me my body at times will be like hell yeah this feels amazing and then like the next day you do the same thing and it feels terrible and really uncomfortable Mm. and it can be for like a variety of reasons so my my partner um bless has like a I mean I I know it can feel potentially quite 
frustrating but that's where communication yeah. is, is really really important because it then means that we just get to have the most exquisite sexual experiences definitely know that we're always being authentic with each other so yeah. it's really powerful I love that so much yes <laughs> I love it communication um and I know that that um from like following you online and seeing the stuff that you put out there on YouTube um that self-acceptance and what actually what we've been talking about as well quite a lot is like how self-acceptance plays such a key role in sexuality and I'm really curious around yeah your your sort of your exploration of, of self-acceptance and how it has changed your relationship to your sexuality and how it can help others as well. Yeah, I mean, like completely. I think that um, the more I've accepted myself, the more fluidity I've embraced within my sexuality um, and allowing myself to sort of push boundaries and do things like that, potentially I wouldn't have felt comfortable to do before I would have been too worried or scared to do and I think when you start prioritizing that you kind of open yourself up to a whole new world of Mm. different people that are seeing your projections and they're like warm into it like the biggest the example that pops to my head is you know um like meme wearing lingerie, for example, is not something that like I would have felt comfortable doing before, but because I sort of expected myself and didn't, you know, question my masculinity based on my desires or what I wanted to try, then me then wearing lingerie then allowed women who also really like men to wear lingerie kind of pop out the woodwork and be like, oh my God, that's so sexy. Mm-hmm. Obviously men as well, Love but it's that. like, oh, okay, so you actually find this really sexy. So mm. I think the more self-aware you become, then the more you're able to kind of like really embrace the fluidity within yourself and then you can embrace the fluidity of your sexuality. And I think there's a really fine line between... um. Oh, I thought of this the other day or like it came up the other day and it really resonated with me, but I forgot what it is. And it's like, oh yeah, like sexuality is spirituality. And I think embracing your sort of self and your feminine side and your masculine side will result in you having a much more like fuller, unlimited sexuality and you know this this these things can be explored to the extreme like I'm really yeah I'd really love to like know more about tantra and breath work and I that's where I see myself potentially going with like my own healing journey to help others um and I think you know moving that energy with your partner and really honoring yourself within sex and like what you're bringing to the table as well as honoring your partner's role is really important and empowering because I think a lot of the times particularly within like hookup kind of culture of let's Mm. just have a one night stand I don't think that there's always the right level of honoring there and the right level of respect is being shown to your partner who once I heard that like when you have sex with someone all your chakras align with theirs and if they've got like problems or they've not worked on stuff then that can like come into your like energetic 
Auric Field. Mm. Um, so yeah, basically like honoring yourself and being careful yeah. who you share your sexuality with, because at the end of the day, your sexuality is sacred. Yeah, I and I love I love that round self acceptance and how actually when you come from a base of self acceptance and self love, uh-huh. you can explore more of your sexuality and by honoring ourselves and like being true to to like our desires and what's in alignment right with us then then that can help us like really be empowered Mm -hmm. and really experience that that fullness and like the sacredness of our sexual sexual selves which I think is amazing and yeah I think a lot of people are cut off from that a lot of people don't really honor their sexuality or believe Mm. that it is sacred because Mm. they just haven't gone on a journey of self-love or self-acceptance and I think prioritizing yourself will result in your outer world completely changing and the the partner if if you want to attract a better partner then you need to work on your own vibration and really figure out why it is that you're attracting these partners that aren't potentially appreciating you or you Mm. know they keep cheating on you but why do they keep doing that so I think we shouldn't underestimate the power of like working on ourselves and accepting ourselves because that directly translates to like the people that you're gonna interact with and find and attract it's the law that it's it's fully the law of attraction right 100 percent. yeah what you're what you're how you feel about yourself as well can really attract um, things positively and negatively to you from from the outside world like I've experienced this firsthand and I like read so much of the science around it as well it's absolutely absolutely fascinating and yeah. do you have any like top tips for anyone looking to find ways to accept themselves and their sexuality deeper I think I say this a lot but the only acceptance you need is from yourself I think realizing that you have the power and that your sexuality is your power and that your what you potentially view as a weakness is actually your greatest strength is a good place to start and I think that I think focusing your energy on healing and Mm. unlearning and releasing things that you've potentially held on to will definitely yeah. like get you on a path of accepting and loving yourself and also loving yourself is not a destination it is a journey and it okay. is practice and it is every day doing things for you and like mm. telling yourself what you need to hear mm. and I guess forming habits around that is how people maintain like a good level of self-love. But, you know, even me, like I have bad days. I have days where I'm telling myself bad stuff or I'm not prioritizing myself. So I definitely don't think people should feel bad because we've all got stuff to work on. But when you start prioritizing yourself, you will see results and practical advice like meditation yoga in the mornings is really really good also journaling and just like writing down how you feel and really trying to just get to the bottom of your trauma and why you feel a certain way 
um and yeah just giving yourself time and permission to feel everything you're feeling i think a lot of the times yeah. we like deny ourselves the right to like feel frustrated or feel feel angry or feel upset like yeah. you can you can take time and honestly the society that we've grown up in it's so easy to like internalize a lot of stuff so i think giving yourself time is really important yeah i i love that really deeply feeling your feelings and getting to the root of it it comes back as well giving yourself permission uh-huh. like to be human and to experience like life is to feel everything whether it's to be able to feel the most exquisite pleasure we'll also experience and feel sadness and grief Mm -hmm. and anger and all of these other emotions so when we it takes a lot of energy to like cognitively it actually takes a lot of cognitive energy to control our emotions so when we can allow ourselves that space and that permission to move kind of move through and move with them um it opens up so so much more and and can really open up like sexuality as as well like it might feel really tough at first around embracing self-love and self-acceptance but actually we can create habits and what can happen is that as we explore and choose to love ourselves as we choose to when we notice we're giving ourselves negative self-talk to say positive things or if we realize we are shaming our sexuality we can reframe and explore explore that shame but then also reframe in a different way and the more we choose to do positive reframing our brains will create stronger and stronger neurological links and that will build these habits over time so eventually as you say there's no real destination it's always the journey because um these things kind of is continuing to always choose that but with more of this awareness um we can have more choicefulness and we can choose that that self-love and self-acceptance and over time our brains will start to naturally choose that over self-loathing and self-hate and it's something that I see played out time and time and time again Um, and it's such a powerful tool we can use conditioning positively for ourselves (laughs) yeah definitely I mean I've even had post-it notes around my room various times like one was like you are the creator of your own life so whatever kind of mantra or statement you need to hear or see on the regular, like put it, put it in your room, like put it where you can see it and just keep telling yourself these things. And I think, you know, the society that we live really exists because it robs us, robs us of our individual power. And it's not common knowledge that we are creators of our own life and we can Mm. manifest and bring things to us through like law of attraction um so yeah I think learning about that as well is really important because you realize just how powerful you are and also you do have to kind of take responsibility for like the things in your life that have gone wrong or you've not been where you want to be etc it's like okay but why like why where has Mm. that come from like what is it that you want to change like are you living your are you living your truth are you on the right your right soul path like is life going how you want to go because we could be unhappy that we've lost a job for example but then that job wasn't meant for us that job wasn't Mm. like allowing us to succeed in the ways that we can so I think perspective is everything and the more that you can like educate yourself in these fields 
yeah. the better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's why we're here. Education yeah, exactly. is like my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just got a final, final few questions. Uh-huh. I'm curious as to whether you have any top tips or advice for how men can really explore their sexuality in a more fluid way. Good, really good question. How can men explore their sexuality in a more fluid way? Um, Again, I think it's about giving yourself permission and not equating your masculinity based on your sexuality because your sexuality and your masculinity is two completely different things and I think that prioritizing I guess prioritizing pleasure and allowing yourself Mm. to go to places that you didn't think that you could go or that you've denied yourself because of you thinking that if you do this then it means that you're this so I guess removing judgment is like the first thing that you need to work on um as I said you know like if if you like exploring your own body like getting in touch with um what's pleasurable to you like you know Mm. sex toys I'm all for men using sex toys like yes either you know like sleeves and like fleshlights or things that like prostate like stimulators whatever it is but like Mm. yeah men like should take ownership of their pleasure and like I don't know like there's this whole thing like it's cool and like liberating for women to have sex toys but if men have sex Mm. toys they're like seedy and weird but yeah that's obviously not true. So I think, I think there's a lot of fun you can have with yourself in order to sort of like find what your sexuality is or what your kinks are, or what you're interested in. And yeah. then you could potentially start communicating that with partners with like, like-minded individuals. I've actually recently come across an app called field. It's F E E L D. Do you know about field? I love field. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd love to work with them like I think they're so cool but like that was a real shock for me because basically for people that don't know field is like a sex positive like hookup slash dating app but there's loads of different options like you can say that you're like hetero flexible so like you know you're heterosexual but you occasionally make exceptions for certain individuals or you know, you can say you're bisexual or homo flexible, and you can also say what you're into, mm. particular kinks, particular fetishes. So, yeah, I think the best thing is like meeting like-minded individuals and people that are gonna allow you to express yourself in ways that you might not have been feeling comfortable enough to express yourself like I don't know I'm kind of at a place now where I don't particularly I'm not saying I never would date a straight woman but I definitely feel the benefits of dating a woman that's not straight because obviously I feel a bit more accepted Mm -hmm. obviously there are some amazing liberating straight women that you know don't care about men's sexuality Mm -hmm. but I think breaking down all these boxes that we're told we have to fit in comes from you just really owning yourself and your pleasure and when you are in that space finding others online or in real life will 
will further like push you along your path and make leave you feeling more liberated I love that that sense of community I think can be so powerful and finding people like like-minded people I love all of those top tips and um and any any final kind of top tips words of wisdom around how others could embrace embrace their embrace self-love and limit their judgment of their sexuality oh that's a really good question I think embracing yourself and really getting to know yourself is an amazing place to start. Obviously there's different things that resonate with others. Some people, you know, like really like dancing or running or Mm. meditating or yoga. So I think setting like giving yourself like a morning ritual where you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and basically give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling instead of like constantly denying yourself because you think that the way you're feeling isn't masculine or you need to like Mm. alter how you are because your friends aren't going to understand or your girlfriend or wife has got a problem with it. I think allowing yourself to like every morning really sit with yourself Again, mm. I love meditating and yoga and journaling. I think journaling, if people aren't so interested in meditating like straight away or that's something that mm. intimidates or scare them, um, there's definitely meditations you can do that aren't so like... I think journaling is a really good place yeah. to start because you need to like get these feelings and these emotions out of you and I think the thing that's causes so much problems is men in particular think that by feeling and having these emotions it makes them less of a man so by allowing this to kind of like come out and expressing yourself without judging yourself and slowly but like if a judgmental thought comes into your brain tell yourself Mm. that that's not a judgmental thought how I'm feeling is completely valid yes I think the dialogue that you have with yourself is really important another tip that I like to do is go for walks but just have my earphones in and talk to myself Mm. so like having conversations like about a problem that I may have or something that I'm facing or something that I'm going through just really talking with yourself it's good because it just gets that those feelings out and it allows you to like progress with how you're feeling and get to a point where Mm. you understand your emotions more but it's also a really good gateway because it allows you to kind of like get in touch with your higher self and actually start forming a relationship with the universe um and the more you do these things you know it's like it's like anything like the more you practice the stronger it becomes and I think that if you're serious and you like set aside like half an hour or so every morning to like journal read a book do some meditation do some yoga I think Mm. you will find you will find that the relationship with yourself gets stronger which is the most important thing I love that. And and I, I I love all of that. I think those top tips are amazing. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. <laughs> and, and just, just, and that piece around don't like trying to remove the judgment that we have around our emotions, because when we get into there, there's a lot of research around what happens when we place judgment on how we're feeling and that Uh that can actually 
creates more 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 tension um Uh so when we can embrace things with love and when we have these tools like like going for a walk and like talking to ourselves about a problem or journaling or yoga or meditation that we can actually move through these these experiences and move into that that self-love I mean, I just had a thought, like some people, well, I don't know if some people listening, but there are some people that don't even spend time with themselves. Mm. Some people are constantly, you know, around their partner or around their friends, or they would be daunting, or it would be daunting or scary for them to like be by themselves. And I think the more time you can spend with yourself, the better to recharge and recalibrate and really understand your yourself and your own company. And I think that is a really important thing. Like even if you are just going for a walk with yourself, but spending time with yourself is really necessary for healing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think we, I know it can feel quite scary for some to be left alone with those, with like their thoughts, or if we're kind of, as we were talking at the very beginning, like if we're always in this kind of rush, rush, rush um, onto the next thing to slow down, but, but it is, so beneficial to be with ourselves and be able to have that space to like process and really give ourselves that chance and space and flexibility and mm-hmm. and um yeah and give ourselves that time as well and i mean oh could keep talking forever but self-pleasure use some of that time for self-pleasure and getting to know your own yeah definitely and igniting sexuality in in that way yeah your sexuality is your greatest power like use it and enjoy yourself yes 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 Um, and so thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me I've loved every second and I know um, that everyone else will as well and so how can how can listeners find out more about you or follow you or where can they go to get more Drew yeah so if you want more Drew then I'm on Instagram my name is d-r-e-w-w-y-l-l-i-e and also my YouTube which is the same as my um basically there's a link in my bio on instagram for my youtube which is my name which is d-r-e-w-w-y-l-l-i-e amazing and i'll throw all the links in in the in the podcast episode yeah if you basically everything i do can be found via my instagram bio so yeah love it love it so easy efficiency Yeah, it's all in one place but yeah i appreciate you so much rosa like this has been such an interesting like conversations where like you know when you've actually had to really think about the answers but it's been mm. very enlightening and i've really really enjoyed it oh thanks drew i've i've really i've really really loved it and it's nice to chat to a new human being in this yes, crazy exactly. pandemic um, <laughs> and just before I let you go I'd really love to know what gets you unlocked mm, that's such a good question this is a little bit rogue of me to say but mm. I get really really crazy when someone is like turned on by me yeah so like knowing that something turns someone on turns me on so like I'm not into feet but if I met someone who really liked feet and I could like play on that and like put my feet in their face that would really turn me on 
So I think like someone else is someone else getting getting off to me gets me off in a way. Yeah, I love the rogue answer. That is yeah. so fierce. Like being mm. able, someone else's pleasure being so pleasurable. I think that that is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a weird one, and it's kind of always existed within me. So yeah, I don't know. Just that's the way it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so here for it oh my gosh it's been an absolute absolute pleasure thank you so so much for your time and I can't wait to see more of you in the future thank you so much really appreciate it That brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. This is the final episode in this first season of Unlocked and Unrestricted. And the aim was really to reignite your sexuality in this post-pandemic world. As the world is changing, so is this podcast. So if you're curious to know what is coming up next, make sure you hit subscribe because I cannot wait to unleash all the juicy wisdom that is about to come your way. Also, I recommend heading over and subscribing to my newsletter so that you don't miss a juicy thing. You can find a link to sign up to my newsletter in the show notes here of this podcast. Go click it. Go get on that mailing list so that you get all the top tips and wisdom direct to your inbox on how to explore your sexual liberation. I'm of course a sex coach, a sexual liberation coach. So if you desire some one-on-one support head over to my website www.rosamaxwell.co.uk and go find me on instagram at rosa maxwell where you will get so much more of me i can't wait to see you there